but 2 Peter chapter 2, and so we'll read verses 15 through 22. 15 through the end of chapter, say this, 2 Peter chapter 2 says, second here, verse 15, 2 Peter chapter 2, which says, which have forsaken the right way and are gone astray, following the way of Balaam, the son of Bozor, who loved the wages of unrighteousness, but was rebuked for his iniquity. <laughs> the dumbass speaking with man's voice forbade the madness of the prophet. These are wells without water, clouds that are carried with a tempest, to whom the mist of darkness is reserved forever. For when they speak great swelling words of vanity, they allure through the lust of the flesh, through much wantonness, those that were clean escaped from who live in error. While they promise them liberty, they themselves are the servants of corruption. For of whom a man is overcome, of the same is he brought in bondage. For if after they have escaped the pollution of the world, through the knowledge of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, they are again entangled therein and overcome, the latter end is worse with them than the beginning." For it had been better for them not to have known the way of righteousness than after they have known it to turn from the holy commandment delivered unto them. But it has happened unto them, according to the true proverb, the dog has turned to his own vomit again and the sow that was washed to her wallowing in the mire. Let's pray again. <laughs> Heavenly Father, again, Lord, we come before you through the blood and the name of Jesus Christ. And Lord, we just thank you for being a good and merciful and gracious God. Lord, we uh, thank you uh, for touching those that have been uh, sick and uh, uh, healing them. And we pray you continue to help those that are still sick, uh, help them to recover, uh, Lord, that they'd be able to enjoy these next few days with family and friends and get-togethers, uh, dear God. And uh, Lord, just uh, uh, blessed uh, uh, with the Christmas coming up and uh, those that will be uh, getting together and those that will be traveling, Lord, we just pray your hand of mercy upon each one. And uh, Lord, I pray, God, that uh, as we look at this portion of Scripture, uh, dear God, that we would be uh, challenged, Lord. We want to rightly divide the Word of God. We want to be a people of sound teaching, of sound uh, uh, doctrine. Lord, these things matter in 2021 and in this generation. Uh, so, Lord, help us to be faithful students of the Word of God. Lord, even tonight might be a Wednesday night, but, Lord, there could be somebody listening or somebody here that needs to be saved even here tonight. God, please work in that heart. Lord, we thank you for uh, the report concerning uh, the Mark's uh, granddaughter, how exciting that is uh, to see another generation in the family. They're saved, and then their son and daughter saved, and now down to the grandchildren. Lord, uh, how exciting that is, Lord, just to see that goodly and godly heritage uh, continued in that family. And uh, we thank you for that. We thank of Sister Barnett on her birthday day and giving her, Lord, another year. And uh, with her uh, family, just continue to bless her as well. We thank of Sister Sarah tonight, uh, Sister uh, Pam and Sonny, just so many. Uh, dear God, that needs your touch tonight, please help them. So again, guide us through your word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And so uh, we look at verse 15, and it says this, which have forsaken the right way. <laughs> Thank God there is a right way. A, uh, many in the world may not know it. Many in the world may not care about it. Uh, but thank God there is a right way. And thank God if you're here tonight and you know, uh, you know that right way. Amen. And uh, of course, there, there's another way. If there's a right way, then that means obviously there's a wrong way or another way. We know Proverbs 14, 12 says, There is a way that seemeth right 
unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. The ways of death. And we see that these in these verses have chosen that other way, that way of death. And it says here, which have forsaken the right way and gone astray. Well, what a sad thing. And following the way of Balaam. The way of Balaam. So we see, it's amazing, Balaam's actually mentioned a couple times, or a few times, I should say, in the New Testament. And so we'll look at Balaam here for a second. But here it says, following the way of Balaam. You know, if you remember when we went through Galatians, and what did Paul say to the Galatians? Oh, foolish Galatians, who hath bewitched you that you should not obey the truth? So saying, hey, Man, you guys had it right, but who misled you? Somebody misled you. Well, uh, here we see that uh, Balaam, if you know about Balaam, he was used uh, to mislead the Israelites. And so the way of Balaam, uh, as we see him mentioned, when you see him mentioned in the New Testament, he represents the false prophets. Right. That's who he represents. There were many false prophets you find in the Old Testament. And then uh, here, even in the New Testament, we're warned against false prophets, false teachers. And so Balaam, uh, he is a representative of that group of the false prophets. And so uh, we need to realize it's a serious thing for someone to claim someone to claim to be speaking the truth of God. When, in fact, they are speaking lies, but they claim to bring the truth of God. That's a that's a dangerous thing. And so God wants us to understand the importance of truth and the danger of false teachers. So let's look at uh, Balaam, some thoughts on Balaam uh, for a moment here. Uh, Balaam, uh, his, his his name means actually means foreigner. And of course, uh, that's a good name uh, uh, to represent a false prophet because uh, the truth and uh, God and the word of God are foreign amen, <laughs> uh, to these people. They don't know it. And of course, he was a prophet hired by the king of Moab and he wanted him to curse the Israelites, to curse the Israelites. And of course, he was later slain by uh, the Israelites. And of course, sort of when you read the story, we'll look at a few verses, but when you read the story of Balaam, at first it can be a little bit uh, confusing because he says, hey man, I, you know, I just want to say what God has me to say. See, it sounds good. You know, they, it sounds, sounds good the way they talk. But uh, uh, the New Testament uh, speaks of Balaam, of course, as an evil man. And so when you study a little bit about Balaam, this is what you'll find. One, Bala, about Balaam's sins. He was a covetous man. He was a covetous man. And that, in other words, he was looking for that filthy lucre, as the New Testament calls it. He was looking for that filthy lucre. And uh, he was teaching God's people to, to, to compromise and disregard God's command concerning separation. That's how he got him, right? He got him to compromise on separation. So Balaam taught God's people, of course, to mingle with the world. Right. Uh, Balaam's life portrays uh, uh, actually in an amazing and fearful condition. Again, though, he professed to love the truth. He said he told him at first those people that came from, I think, uh, the king Balak. He said, oh, well, I can only tell, say what God told me to say. Well, that sounds uh, so good. But his heart actually at the end of the day, we find out was evil. But it, we find out that he actually served money and prestige over staying true to God. So he appeared to man. He appeared righteous. Like a lot of people in the religious realm, 
You know, uh, I mean, hey, you, you look, you know, uh, uh, to, to the world, boy, the, the, the Pope seems so righteous, right? The priests seem uh, so righteous. But uh, like Balaam, Balaam, he, he appeared as righteous to man, but to God, God knew his heart before God, he was perverse which is like they are, amen, uh, 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 you know, the, uh, comparing to religion. So we see that at the end of the day, his love for material gain and honor of man darkened his heart so that it was possible that he probably even actually thought he was right with God, even while disobeying God. Well, that's what sin does. It confuses the mind, confuses the heart and the mind. So his unholy desires caused him to reinterpret and to question God's plain commands. And so when you study the life of Balaam there in Numbers, you'll see that Balaam honored man. And again, he typifies uh, the false prophet. And today we might say he typifies the worldly preacher. And we see enough of them out there on TV. And we see that one, he desired to have reputation of his holiness, right? He, he, he worried more about his reputation than his true character because inwardly he was perverse. He loved material gain and honor before men. And he reverenced man's position. And he got, again, he taught God's people to intermingle uh, with the world. So notice it says the way of Balaam. Now, let me show you a couple other times where it mentions Balaam. Turn over to, to Jude, Jude, and notice what it says. So here in 2 Peter chapter 2, you see this statement, the way of Balaam. The way of Balaam. Then in Jude, verse 11, notice this statement. Jude, verse 11 says, Woe unto them, for they have gone in the way of Cain and ran greedily, look at this, after the heir of Balaam for reward and perished in the gainsaying of Kor. So in 2 Peter, you see the way of Balaam. Here in Jude, verse 11, you see the heir of Balaam. Now I'll turn over to Revelation chapter 2, and you see Balaam mentioned again. Revelation chapter 2. And notice this statement where uh, 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 the, the, the Spirit of the Lord speaking says this, talking about, again, one of the churches. But I have a few things against thee, because thou hast there them that hold, notice this, the doctrine of Balaam, who taught Balak. Notice what he says here, who taught Balak, who was the king, right? to cast a stumbling block before the children of Israel. And what was that stumbling block before the children of Israel? Look at this. To eat things sacrificed unto idols and to commit fornication. What did he get, what did he get him to do? He told Balak, here's what he said basically to, to uh, 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 Balak, you know, uh, he, the Balak was trying to figure out how he could defeat Israel. And, but let me notice something again here. Notice how that verse ends. To things sacrifice unto idols and to commit fornication. We mentioned this last week. What's the pattern you see uh, in the Bible? Idolatry, then if you want to say it, adultery or immorality, right? You, you, you worship false gods, right? And then you, you get into uh, false teaching and, uh, and doing other things. So 2 Peter chapter 2, verse 2 says this, And many shall follow their pernicious ways, by reason whom the truth shall be evil spoken of. That pernicious means destructive ways. 
Second Peter chapter two, verse two, many shall follow their pernicious ways, talking about false prophets. And many followed the pernicious way of Balaam. Many followed the pernicious way of Balaam, which the word pernicious means destructive, destructive. And so they followed the way of Balaam, which was destructive. And you see that when you read about Balaam, you see that many people died in Israel and in other people died because they followed the pernicious way of Balaam. So destruction surely followed Israel for following Balaam's way. Balaam actually, again, he gave counsel to Balak, the king, on how to bring down the Israelites. Now, what was interesting, Balak was wanting to take him down, right? The curse to be upon him. And he was hoping that he could uh, have, a, have an army that could defeat them. But really, uh, uh, because uh, 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 that false prophet understood the heart of man. He said, what you do need, just being straightforward, is not an army of men, but an army of women. That's what he used. He said, instead of an army of men, you need an army of women. Look at uh, Numbers 25. Numbers 25. And notice a few verses here in Numbers talking about Balaam. Numbers 25, beginning in verse 1. We'll read verses 1 through 3. Say this. And Israel abode in Shittim, and the people began, look at this, to commit whoredom with the daughters of Moab. Now, what's, what's amazing is uh, the king of Balak was scared because he knew he couldn't defeat him with an army of men. And Balak and Balaam said, that's not what you need is an army of men. You need an army of women, right? And to get them to, to uh, uh, worship false gods and get them, amen, to fall into sin. That's how you'll defeat them, right? Because remember, most great nations like America, right? They're not taken down from without. They're taken down from within. That's what's happened to America right now. Say, oh, there's no army out there that can defeat us. Well, you know what? <laughs> they don't have to be about defeat us. We're defeating ourselves, right, by our own wickedness in our nation. And so notice what it says, Numbers again, 25.1 says, And Israel abode in Shittim, and the people began to commit whoredom with the daughters of Moab. And notice verse 2. And they called the people unto the sacrifices of their gods. And the people did eat and bow down to their gods. And Israel joined himself unto Baal Peor, and the anger of the Lord was kindled against Israel. So look at what they did. Idolatry and adultery, fornication, immorality. That's how they got them. Now look at verse 9. So God brings a plague. What did they say? They followed his pernicious ways, which means what? The way of destruction. Look down at verse 9 and you'll see some of that destruction. And those that died in the plague were 20 and 4,000. So they followed that way and it led to destruction. And then uh, 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 Numbers 31, 16. Remember when they ended up killing some of them, it says this. Numbers 31, 16 says... Behold, these caused the children of Israel. Here it is. Numbers 31, 16. Behold, these caused the children of Israel. This is what 2 Peter's talking about. Peter's talking about there. Behold, 31, 16. Behold, these caused the children of Israel through the counsel of Balaam to commit trespass against the Lord in the matter of Peor. And there was a plague among the congregation of the Lord. So we see what Peter's talking about here in this verses that they followed the way of uh, Balaam. So they followed the way of the uh, false prophet. 
They follow, the Bible says that it'll follow their pernicious ways because following the ways of the false prophet, the false teachers will lead to destruction as the Bible teaches. And again, notice it says, and many shall follow. Well, that's the sad thing. More people, people will listen to a lie. It just seems they'll follow a lie a lot quicker then they'll follow the truth. I mean, you look at some of these cults out there. You look at these, some of these people that come out and say, you know, they're Jesus or they're the new prophet or whatever. I mean, <laughs> amazing how they get people uh, to follow them. But it's always been that way. Um, uh, if, uh, this just came to my mind. You remember when uh, Paul, uh, uh, when he was uh, uh, before one of the leaders, and they said, hey, are, are, you, are you that guy, that Egyptian or whatever? They got a bunch of people to go out in the wilderness or whatever. You know, hey, there's always been people uh, that have come up with some crazy scheme. And there's always people willing to follow them uh, because uh, and then you can go up and tell them the truth. And uh, 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 they just uh, they just they just uh, ignore you. They just ignore you. So and, and let me give you some verses here. Matthew seven. It gives you a reason why many follow those ways. Matthew 7, 13 and 14 say this, Enter ye in at the straight gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the way. Every time I think that, I think that's so funny that they call it Broadway. You know, give my regards to Broadway. That's funny. It goes right with what the Bible says, the Broadway, right? And broad is the way that what leadeth to destruction, and many there be which go in thereat. That goes right, right there, it says it right there. But verse 14, because straight is the gate, and narrow is the way, which leadeth unto life, and few there be that find thee. Unfortunately, many are those that follow the way of Balaam. Many are those that follow the way of destruction. It's heartbreaking even to think about that. But notice verse 17 going down there. And what does, it, what does uh, 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 the, the, the Bible call these false prophets, these people like Balaam? It says they are whales without water, clouds that are carried with a tempest, to whom the midst of darkness is reserved forever. For when they speak great swelling words of vanity, empty words, they allure through the lust of the flesh. There it is. Through much wantonness, those that were clean escape from whom we live in air. And notice the first few words of verse 19. While they promise, they promise, notice that statement, them liberty... They themselves are the servants of corruption for whom a man is overcome of the same as he brought into bondage. So notice verse 17, wells without water, clouds that are carried with a tempest. What are they? They are professors, but not possessors. They profess to have something. They profess to have something that will help people, but they don't. Their words are vanity. Their words are empty and they can't give people what they need in their heart and soul and life, even though they profess they do. Again, Jude 1.12 goes right along with this. Verse 17, it says this, clouds they are without water carried about of wind. So think about this. Uh, they, 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 verse 19 says they promise. You see a well, you seal a well, right? You, oh, and what is that well saying? Hey, come here. I promise you some water. You see a cloud? What's a cloud saying? Hey, I promise you some, some rain that'll refresh and help, help you to grow. They make that promise. But they're wells without water. They're clouds without water. So they promise, but they don't, and they won't because they can't keep their promise. 
Why? Why can't that well keep its promise? Because it's empty. Why can't that false uh, 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 prophet uh, keep his promise to give you something to help you? That'll uh, give you what you need in life. He can't because his words are empty. You see, wells promise water for quenching thirst. Clouds promise water for replenishing and allowing things to grow on earth, if you will. And what are they? A well without water, a cloud without water, or a well and a cloud of illusion. False promises that leave the beholder without any help. And that's what these false teachers are. These people on TV, oh, uh, uh, you know, um, uh, uh, these people get on and all they do and they, they, they beg, they, they beg uh, 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 for money and get people's money and just take advantage of them. And it's, it, 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 it's heartbreaking leaving these people with false hope. You see, they have no meaningful purpose. Because a cloud without purpose does nothing. Amen. If you see a cloud, but it has no water, you know what? All, all, all it does is what? Block the light. That's all it does. It blocks the light from getting where it needs to be and thereby increasing the darkness. And that's what these people do. They're like clouds. Amen. Clouds, what do they do when, it, when it's a cloudy day? What's a cloudy day do? It blocks the light. It blocks the sun from getting through. And that's what these people are like. They're just like clouds. And all they do is block the light so the truth can get to people. And so in those that increase the darkness for others, what the Bible says here will be cast into outer darkness. Verse 17, it says, to whom the mist of darkness is reserved forever. Now, we know they're going to get their payday, but here's the sad thing. They're taking a lot of people with them because it says many will follow. That's the sad part. Hey, if we looked at them and said, well, hey, uh, they deserve to be thrown into outer darkness. They deserve what they get. Well, sure, we agree with that. But what's sad is so many people are falling subject to their lies. So many people are falling subject to their false teachings and uh, going with them, unfortunately, to the place of destruction. But thank God we have God's word, as, uh, as uh, Ari said, thank God for his word. God's word, amen, is a well with water, amen, <laughs> is a cloud with refreshing water. God's word is the water of life. It's refreshing and regenerating, and it's the well of salvation. Isaiah 12, verses 2 and 3 say this, Behold, God is my salvation. I will trust and not be afraid. For the Lord Jehovah is my strength and my song. He also has become my salvation. Therefore, with joy shall you draw water out of the wells of salvation. Thank God. Amen. There is a well with water. Amen. And refreshing water, the well of salvation, the word of God. So there we see those verses about a false prophet and about Balaam and how he leads people to destruction. And then it talks about these. Now, I want to say something about verses 20 through 22, because it mentions some things that are often confusing to people. And so as we look at verses 20 through 22, it's important to try and understand these verses, because these verses right here are some of the verses people use to try and show that one can lose their salvation. Say, look, man, they, they, they knew they were cleaned up. They were saved. And, and look, they went back. You see, they lost their salvation. That's what they try to do with these verses. They, they, uh, they uh, twist them a little bit there. So let's, let's look at these next verses, try to look at them carefully. It's important to understand these verses. Because here, here, here's, here, here's one thing, and I've said this before. Right. Because it talks about the dog going back to his vomit. It talks about the sow that was clean and going back uh, uh, to the mire. 
So you could see how somebody that didn't have knowledge, how they could twist those verses uh, to sound like that. But you, a couple of things we got to remember, right? When we see verses like that, what do we say? Well, one, we can say, well, uh, I may not know what that means, but as I said before, but what? I know what it doesn't mean, right? Just because I don't know what it does mean, because I know other scripture, I know what it doesn't mean. So I, somebody might look at these verses, and if you might have trouble explaining, say, well, uh, I don't know exactly what that means in that verse, but because I understand this verse, that salvation is a gift, right? Eternal life is a gift, right? The, uh, the Holy Spirit has sealed me on the day of redemption because I understand these verses that show me I can't lose my salvation. And it's very clear. I know that whatever that verse is teaching, right? I know what it's not teaching. So that's one way uh, we, can, we can understand that. Another thing is we know that Peter wouldn't be telling somebody it's possible to lose your salvation because he already stated clearly in uh, 1 Peter that he understood about the eternal security of the believer. So let's look at that quickly. Turn over to 1 Peter chapter 1. Peter certainly, again, is not speaking or even hinting at the possibility of one losing salvation. Because again, that would contradict what he wrote here in 1 Peter chapter 1, which shows he clearly understood and he clearly taught the eternal security of the believer. So before we look at these verses, turn over to 1 Peter chapter 1. And let us look together at verses 3 through 5, which are pretty clear about salvation. It says this, Blessed be God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to his abundant mercy hath begotten us. How were we begotten? By his abundant mercy, again, unto a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. So, hey, we're saved. He, we're begotten. Amen. How? Through by the mercy of God. And what do we get? Verse four, to an inheritance incorruptible. Hey, it's an incorruptible inheritance. In other words, it's never going to fade away. Right. As we see here. And you know what? The salvation that brought it to us is never going to fade away. Look at that. Incorruptible, undefiled and that fadeth not away, reserved in heaven for you. It's already there waiting on you. Well, you think God is going to reserve uh, uh, something in heaven for you and then not let you show up to get it? You know, hey, that'd be pretty nice. Walk around. Hey, hey, Lord, what's this uh, stack of stuff right here? Oh, that's for John. Well, why didn't he come pick it up? Oh, John didn't make it. I'd be like, hey, can I have it then? You know, just like, hey, somebody didn't show up. Hey, can I have, can I have, uh, can I have Joe's piece of pie? Hey, man, <laughs> can I have John's blessing? No, uh, he, 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 listen, the moment you got saved, that stuff is already reserved for you. Hey, Amen. He's already got it there waiting on you and he's going to make sure you're there to pick it up. Verse five, what? Who are kept by what? The, your, your ability to do right? Your ability to pray, your ability to, uh, amen, uh, stay holy, your ability to never sin, no. Who are kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation, ready to be revealed at the last time. I mean, how can you look at those verses right there and have any doubt, amen, of your just, there's many other verses, but how can you look at those verses right there and have any doubt about your security as a believer, that you're saved Amen. And listen, you're already there. Amen. The Bible says we're already seen the heavenlies. I mean, we're already there. We're just trying to catch up with ourselves. 
So that's pretty clear right there. And so we know that whatever these verses mean when they talk about the dog going back to his vomit and the, 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 the sow that was washed, that it has nothing to do with Amen. Uh, salvation as far as uh, a believer uh, losing it. So in these verses, let's let's look at it. Now. Let's read these together. Verses 20 through 22. For if after you have escaped the pollutions of the world, look at this, through the knowledge of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, and there are again entangled therein and overcome, the latter end is worse with them than the beginning. For it had been better for them not to have known the way of righteousness than after they have known it to turn from the holy commandment delivered to them. But it has happened unto them according to the true proverb, the dog is turned to his own vomit again and the sow that was washed to her wallowing in the mire. Boy, if you just sort of looked at them uh, quickly, you could see how those could be confusing to somebody. But it says knowledge. And what do you see here? You see a lot of knowledge there, right? But you don't see any faith that was put in to actions. And so a couple of things, remember, believers are compared to sheep, not dogs and pigs. Believers are compared to sheep, not dogs and pigs. Matthew 7, 6 says this about dogs and pigs. Give not that which is holy unto the dogs. Neither cast your pearls before swine, lest they trample under their feet and turn again and rend you. So you see, the Bible mentions dogs and pigs, but it doesn't speak of them in a very nice way. And it doesn't it doesn't liken them unto believers. You know, there's a lot of people in Greenville that we knocked. How many doors have we knocked in Greenville? They have a lot of knowledge about salvation. Hey, I've knocked on doors and hey, they, 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 there's people here in, Knox, in Greenville uh, that can give you the plan of salvation. And you know what? There's lost as the day is long. They could even maybe quote a verse, but there's lost as could be, unfortunately. In verse 22, look at what it says. And the sow that was washed to her wallow in the mire. So the pig was washed on the outside, again, professors, but not possessors. Professors look good on the outside, but there's nothing on the inside. And the, uh, uh, Jesus rebuked uh, 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 the Pharisees and Sadducees for being exactly that, looking good on the outside, but having nothing on the inside. Notice these verses, Matthew 23, 27. It, 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 it speaks of people like that, that look good on the outside, but have nothing on the inside. Jesus said to them this in Matthew 23, verses 27 and 28. Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you're like unto whited sepulchers, which indeed appear beautiful outward, but within are full of dead man's bones and of uncleanness. Boy, you look good on the outside, but you have nothing real on the inside. Verse 28, even so also outwardly appear righteous unto men, but within you're full of hypocrisy and iniquity. And so, hey, uh, people, uh, Peter knew about people, uh, the Pharisees themselves, that knew how to look good on the outside, but on the inside, Nothing. And boy, that's a, and these dogs and uh, sows are an example of that. So it's not about, it's not about washing away the outward pollution, which, you know, people think, oh, well, as long as they look good on the outside, it's not about washing away the outward pollution, but with dealing with the inward corruption. 
You'd see they'd washed away the outward pollution. They knew how to look good. They knew how to look religious. Like we, we see that in so many religions today. Again, just using the Catholic Church as an example. Boy, to the world, they look righteous. To the world, they look holy. But inside, they're full of dead man's bones. And they, they, they have a billion people following them. And they're, in, they're following their pernicious ways. And they're leading them to uh, destruction. To destruction. But uh, thank God that we know the truth. Isaiah 59, 14 says this. And judgment is turned away backward, and judges stand afar, for truth is fallen in the street. Boy, that's what's happening amen, in our society today with these false teachers, false prophets. Truth is falling in the street. But thank God we know the truth. And that's why Proverbs 23, 23 says this, Buy the truth and sell it not. Also wisdom and instruction and understanding. Boy, that's a warning to us as we see ourselves surrounded by uh, false prophets, by false teachers, by false religions, by uh, false cults. Matter of fact, I think Brother Wood is teaching a class on that uh, next semester at, at, at Trinity. He's reading a book on cults right now. But our job, that's why it's so important for us to buy the truth, if you will, and sell it not. Balaam, what did he do? He sold out. He sold God out, amen. He sold the Israelites out, but our job is, amen, we have the truth. And in 2021 and now getting into 2022, we need to purpose, we're not gonna sell out. Satan's work, like he did with Balaam, is to lead people to forsake the right way and then cause many to follow. We, as, as bearers of the truth, must have holy boldness and compassion to speak out with unwavering certainty the truth of God's word. Our job as believers is to stand firm against false prophets and false teaching. Our job, amen, unlike those that followed Balaam and those false prophets, is to stay true to the truth and let the world know and see in our generation Amen. That we aren't just professors, we're possessors. Amen. That what we have on the inside, that the reason uh, uh, what we have on the outside is just an overflow of what's on the inside. We are we are wells with water. Amen. <laughs> we are clouds with refreshing rain. Amen. That we want to share with a lost and dying world. And we're not dogs and pigs. Amen. <laughs> we're sheep and we're faithful followers. Amen of the shepherd. So thank God we're not following the way of Balaam. We're following the way of Baptist. Amen. Praise God. Amen. And we're following uh, Jesus. Let's pray.